The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. In our first half hour, we're going to talk about the power of story. The Power of Story with Annette Simmons, who's a master storyteller, consultant, and author of The Story Factor, Influence and Persuasion Through the Art of Storytelling. And she will discuss how her book offers more than 100 stories drawn from the front lines of business and government, as well as from universal myths, fables, and parallels that really show us how stories can persuade and motivate and inspire us in many, many ways. Welcome, Annette. Hi. Hi. Yes, and I want to let people know that you are a vibrant keynote speaker and consultant and, again, author of The Story Factor, uh, which was named as one of the 100 best business books of all time. That's very yeah, exciting. Can you believe that? That, was, that? I wrote that book in 2000, and something also kind of interesting is of the 100, there were three female authors. Wow. Isn't that, yeah. That's great. That is really great. Well, explain all this to us. You know, explain how you got into this and why you feel the power of story is so important. I um, originally got a degree in psychology and adult education. I was a leadership trainer, and um, I was interested in group dynamics. And so the first two books I wrote were about territorial games, you know, how people can, can, can sometimes hoard information and that sort of thing. Um, and the, the kind of games we play in, in business and personal life. And then the second book I wrote was called a safe, is called A Safe Place for Dangerous Truth. And I was just concerned about how do we create a dialogue with a large group of people so that they actually tell each other how they really feel without losing their minds or interrupting into something horrible. I don't know if you've ever... Have been in a relationship where you, you know, you needed to have that conversation, needed to have that conversation, and just, you know, you'd rather do anything than have the conversation. But when you actually finally have the conversation, you rescue the relationship. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. So that, and that's, so that's, that's a skill, though. I think that's a skill, don't you? I mean, that just, just doesn't well, come easily. No, and I think it's more than a skill. I think it's a, a, it's a level of maturation and all those things. But anyway, I'm just telling you kind of what I had been studying, right? And mm-hmm. so then what happens is that I realize that as, when I'm facilitating this form of dialogue, which I'm, I designed this whole formal thing, you know, where I actually train people how not to be jerks for the first half of the day, and then mm-hmm. we have a very limited amount of time, you know, where they actually self-regulate. 
because um, everybody can't be like open and affirming all the time. Um, but anyway, I realized that I'm using storytelling as a training tool, right? So mm-hmm. I'll tell a story about some guy who won't shut up and all that sort of thing, and I'm not telling the group that they shouldn't, you know, monopolize time. I'm not using rules of dialogue. I'm telling the story. And then yes. after that story, everybody's like, I'm not going to be that guy, you know. So, so then I, I begin to realize that when I do get them talking to each other, what's happening is that what they're really doing is they're sharing their stories. Because just yelling each other's opinions at each other, you know, doesn't do any good. Um, but when you share your personal story, it's like taking somebody on a little field trip. You know the metaphor mm-hmm. where the uh, uh, five blind men each have a hold of the same elephant? Mm. No, I don't. Go ahead. Right? Well, it's a, it's a, Sufi, it's a Sufi metaphor, and it's uh, five blind men are each explaining what an elephant is to each other. And so one says an elephant is wild, wide and stout like a cop. And he's like, you idiot. And now the other one is like, it's wide and flat and leathery, like a wall. Mm-hmm. And so everybody is holding on to the same elephant. They just got a hold of a different part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so and I think, I, we real- saw, I think we saw in a recent election a lot of what you're talking about. A lot of people exactly. yelling and shouting. and Yeah. And yeah, this, is, this is work I did in 1998, right? Mm-hmm. So, so... So then I realized that, that I can't, you can't, you know, experience is the best teacher. If I could actually take you to my part of the elephant, you walk you around, introduce you to the people, you know, you would understand, which I think members of Congress, if we could kidnap them and actually make them understand, you know, what we've seen by experiencing it personally, we wouldn't have to argue. But, but one thing we can do, experience is the best teacher, story is second best. Because mm-hmm. story is a simulation of an experience. You are actually communicating with some, not just with their thoughts and, and mind. You're actually communicating with the five senses. Right. You are taking my, my, someone on a virtual experience. My question to you, Annette, is how you tell that story so you appeal to the five senses. You know, what are the things you need to know to put in that story so that you really grab people's attention? Well, um, I would say two main things you have to remember. One is that as you're telling the story, you need to be re-experiencing that story with your own senses. So, mm-hmm. so if I'm talking about, um, you know, attending the Million Woman March, um, then, then I'm going to be telling you about... Uh, you know, what it was like to have to walk eight blocks in the wrong direction. We got lost. We went, you know, and then we, we all met up and we were so happy when we saw their faces and somebody had hot chocolate. And that makes it real because I'm thinking about my experiences. And that wasn't the Million Woman March, but, but it was another civil rights march I was participating in. And, and when I tell you those things, then ideally what's happening is that your senses are also thinking about a time when you were lost and went eight blocks the wrong direction and, and your mind is generating a, 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 a virtual sensation of those things in the areas of your mind that process vision, sound, motor skills, smells, 
um, and taste. Mm -hmm. And so you're engaging all of these areas of the brain with something that's very similar to a real experience. And that's that's what's so compelling. People who are persuaders and who are successful in life, who do well. Right. And usually are very I good storytellers. It depends on it depends on your definition of doing well. I think one of the things with storytelling is it's been lately split into two different uh, types of applications. Um, there's the application of doing right, and that's where our cultural stories have come from. Um, the stories about um, uh, ethics. And, uh, you know, the old fables and wisdom stories about big T truth. Uh, Jesus, a big storyteller. Um, you know, those sorts of stories, which is a whole different form of institution than what's been happening lately, which is storytelling has been recruited for economic ends. And I think one of the things that happens is that when you recruit storytelling for economic ends, um, what happens is that, that you're, you're no longer pursuing big T truth, which, you know, there are people who have, have said, like, Trump was a, a, a good storyteller. I think Steinbeck was a good storyteller. You know, mm-hmm. uh, storytelling is about um, what is the best and what is the worst of humanity and still emerging out the other side and wanting to do the right things for the right reasons. And, and only story can convey that. I mean, that's why stories are a part of religion. You've got two aspects in religions. You've got your rule makers, and then you have, you know, I call those the dogma dudes. And then you have your storytellers. And your storytellers are really the ones that, that are trying to keep you to continue thinking. Because if you just obey a bunch of rules, like, for instance, Jesus is, is a good example um, was it the Pharisees or the Philistines? I think it's the Pharisees that were like the law guys. Uh, well, okay, what happened is that when Jesus was born, basically, he uh, was trying to, to disrupt all of the rule makers, the dogma dudes, um, by, by, you know, preaching love, which is not something that you can reduce down to black and white. So... For instance, so he was asked, Jesus was asked 183 direct questions in the Bible. And he only gave three direct answers. And the rest of the time he used story. Mm. Um, and so, for instance, the Pharisees, I think it was, were trying to ask him, what isn't it wrong to heal on the Sabbath? Because it's against the law of God to work on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, Jesus said, well, if you have an ox, you had one beast of burden, and it fell in a well or a ditch, depends on which one. Uh, would you just leave him there to die, or would you get him out if it was on the Sabbath? And so what story does is, is it doesn't reduce down right and wrong to, to a, a rule that's applied with mindlessly. What story does is story invokes comparative value. Uh, and we're always making tough decisions with with values that that you can't have both. You can't have quality and quantity, for instance. And in, in, in business, at some point, you're going to have to make make choices. And so, you know, to to do that is to pull someone into an experience, mm-hmm. give them a personal perspective, and then ask them what they would do 
uh, you know, the military call it situational awareness. Um, in their communication strategies, they've had to change because the world's changing too fast. And, and story um, and, and being situationally aware, like the answer to, to most questions is, you know, it depends what's going on. Storytelling is how to help people think in a particular direction without telling them what to think. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of being successful, I would think that there are people who are successful in that they have made a lot of money, and technically they have been good at manipulating people's emotions, but um, in terms of being successful, in terms of being a good person um, who has made a, a strong contribution to the welfare of the people around you, I think that that's a different form of storytelling. Well, I think we're going to take a break, and I think that's very interesting, the comparisons you're making. When we come back, maybe we can share some of the other elements. Um, If somebody's telling a story, what they really should be watching out for. What are the things that they should do when they're going to tell a story? So you are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show, and my guest is Annette Simmons, and she is a vibrant keynote speaker, consultant, storyteller, and author of four books, including The Story Factor, named as one of the 100 best business books of all time. Again, you're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You 
are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back. My guest is Annette Simmons. She's a vibrant keynote speaker, consultant, and author of four books, including The Story Factor, named one of the 100 best business books of all time. And we're talking about the power of story, the power of story, what it is, what it does, where, where it is from. Um, well, welcome back, Annette. All right. Hey, so let's, and let's, I, I did forget to mention that that's out on audiobook now. That's, okay, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm doing interviews, is because the audio book has just come out. Good, good. And basically what you're, what you're talking a lot about is the origin of story and, and also the, uh, the biblical origin of story as well. Well, not necessarily biblical. What, um, the world's great religions um, have always been the place where storytelling uh, uh, has been centered. I mean, mythology, if you will, is, is, is uh, the, you know, mothership of storytelling. And so, um, uh, because storytelling is, is, is crucial to, to the most basic function of thinking uh, in terms of understanding who you are um, and what your identity is. You're telling yourself a story. And so when, when we think we're thinking about a particular subject, we're actually recalling stories that say this is a good thing, that's a bad thing, right? And so the, the marketing people, um, uh, when they understand that, they realize that nothing is good or bad but for the story you tell yourself about it, which is kind of a paraphrase of Shakespeare. Right. And so if you want to influence people, um, you need to know the story they're telling themselves right now about whatever it is you want to influence. You need to understand the story you're telling yourself about who they are, because mm-hmm. if you're not don't have a respectful story, then you're you know you're not going to be able to connect with them. And then you need to know the story that you want to tell them, so that they can they can go through the thinking process that you've gone through, and come to their own conclusions that actually match the conclusions you've come to. So storytelling is, is a way to, instead of telling people what to think, it's, it's um, getting them to think in the same direction. And that gives you a lot more leverage to help someone see what you see um, and, and understand, you know, what you think is important. Yeah. Is that hard to do if somebody has a very different viewpoint from yours? Well, it depends. So, for instance, I use storytelling a lot to try to heal racism. And I have a local um, uh, storytelling show that uh, we, we tell stories about a time when you were included or a time when you were excluded. Because storytelling is always going to be about just a finite number of basic human experiences. Every single one of us has been uh, uh, taken care of when we didn't even deserve it. And every single one of us has been betrayed when we didn't deserve it. Every single one of us has fallen in love. Every single one of us has been dumped. 
And my, I like to make the joke, and if you haven't been dumped, we really don't care to hear your story. Mm. So if mm-hmm. you can identify these universal experiences, which everybody's been excluded and everybody's been included, and share your stories, I've had people who were diametrically opposed. Black people who are racist against white people and white people who are racist against black people. And that's about as opposed as, you know, we, we get in these, these days. And through the sharing of a story that targets a universal experience, suddenly realize in that moment of listening to the story that we are the same. <clears throat> and when, so it's hard because they're going to look at you and if they are diametrically opposed, they're going to assume they know things about you. But the one thing that they not been thinking about recently, if you will, is that we're both human and we both have basically the same human experiences and the same goals. Yes, and you're yes, but again, you as you said, you have to. It's a tough one if because certain words will trigger people, right? Certain right. words you could have a wonderful story and then boom, you say one word and the person says that's it. I've seen it happen, and that. That, I've absolutely, and I've that, seen people that take one me. word of what I sent them and right. completely go off in another direction. And that—that's you know. Now we're getting into my six principles of storytelling. You're illustrating one of the the most important aspects is that storytelling is non-linear. So when you're constructing a story and you think you can add A plus B plus C, and each one of those things. You know, each one of those details is an equal weight. You're not a good storyteller because you because storytelling will have an exponential result um, in in one of two directions. You know, a good story it can send you. You can say one wrong thing and be accused of of things and and you know called out for for a decade, um, or you can say one right thing. And you'll have people forgive you for anything. And so when I teach storytelling and people want to know the techniques and, you know, the three things you need to do, one of the most important aspects is the aspect that these are nonlinear. Stories are nonlinear. This is not a tool that's going to work 100% of the time for you. Right. There are no tools that work 100% of the time. And so I work with a bunch of perfectionists. And they think I'm going to teach them how to use storytelling. They go, they tell one story. It doesn't work. They say, well, that's crap. No, it's like any story is going to only work like 60 to 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. And because your emotions are going to be different while you're telling it, their emotions, you don't know what just happened yesterday. Um, And so to understand the dynamics of storytelling, you have to totally let go of what we consider rational thinking habits. And one of those is that expectation that one hour plus one hour equals two hours. In the subjective world, in the world of storytelling, one hour plus one hour could equal your life has changed forever. Right. Yeah. And and if you don't understand the mystery of that, then you can't tell the story that, that lifts people to new heights. 
Right. All right. We're gonna. We've almost come to a close. So tell people how they can find your book, which has been awarded, named as one of the hundred best business books of all time. So definitely uh, tell our listeners how they can find the book, and work with okay. you on your website as well. Sure. Um, so uh, I'm at AnnetteSimmons.com, and uh, the two books about storytelling are The Story Factor and Whoever Tells the Best Story Wins, which is much more practical in terms of the six stories you need to know how to tell and four places to find them. And then uh, I did this audio book, which is taking The Story Factor, written in 2000, and edited the heck out of it, got it down to just five hours, um, and updated it because the original book was written in 2000, and you can find that on Audible. Okay, which is great. Audible's a great opportunity. What's your closing message for our listeners? We've got about a minute left, so what, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? I believe that storytelling, uh, when you start working on storytelling, that storytelling starts working on you. And that when you are paying attention to the big T truths in story, and that is what makes them real, what's happening is you're going to be becoming a, a better person uh, for it. And so it is a very rewarding work. And I encourage people to investigate the stories in their past and um, their family stories and to pay really good attention to the stories they're telling in business. Really appreciate that again. And just give people your website again, Annette. And also, do you give uh, workshops and seminars? Um, I, right now, I'm not doing public workshops and seminars. I'm, I'm getting hired by people uh, to do uh, corporate work. I'm actually writing a new book um, or a book that I've been working on for 10 years about women and power. And uh, I've, have, I've been gathering stories about women uh, um, and our perceptions of power. So I'm writing and researching right now a lot. Um, and my website is Annette, A-N-N-E-T-T-E, Simmons, S-I-M-M-O-N-S dot com. And my email is Annette at Annette Simmons. And if you want to talk about any of these things, I welcome you to get in touch. Thank you so much, Annette, for being on the program. Thank you. Well, my pleasure, Patricia. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. All right, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, so that wraps up our first half hour of the Patricia Raskin Show. Stay tuned. We have an all-new guest next right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice will be right back. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.